Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. What's up, everyone? And welcome to another special episode of IndiePod, where we get to talk to the people behind some of our favorite indie games. Today, we have Sergio, the co-founder of Code351, behind the upcoming title known as Project Haven. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. It's uh, great to be here. I'm glad that you were excited. I'm excited as well, because this looks like a really cool project. Um, I'm, I'm excited to get my hands on it. But before we actually talk about the game, I always like to start these shows off with just like, hey, who the hell are you, right? Um, <laughs> let's Tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, How'd you get into game creation? Who are you? Sure. Uh, so I actually, you know, as a lot of gaming developers do, I was a, a big gamer uh, uh -huh, uh -huh. when I was a kid back in the 90s. And... Uh, Around 99, 2000, I started doing mods for Unreal Tournament. Oh, cool. And okay. uh, that's pretty much how I got my introduction into like, you know, uh, game dev, let's say, even if it was a mod. But by 2001, I was invited to join uh, an actual game, but it was, it initially started as a mod. It was called SWAT, the mod. Uh -huh. And then it uh, rebranded itself to Tactical Ops Assault on Terror. Mm. Uh, it was like a CS clone type of game. Okay. And I worked on that. Uh, it was released in uh, early 2001. And uh, yeah, that's where I started. And then I did a few more uh, works on other on other companies. Uh, I did some visual effects works as well for movies uh, in between. And now I'm back in the indie scene uh, wow. doing Project Heaven. Yeah. What, what brought you back to the indie scene? What was it about, uh, you know, you, you said you moved into a different medium there with working in yeah. uh, film. What kind of reeled you back into games? Well, I always liked doing games. Uh, the film thing, uh, it's it. I love it as well, uh, but I didn't want to miss out on, on doing games mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just because of that as well. Also, uh, my other co-founder and fiance, uh, Joana, she also loves doing games. Uh, she's a game designer and... Uh, yeah, that's that's we wanted to do something together, and here we are. Oh, that's amazing! Uh, I'm I'm glad to hear it. So you mentioned your other co-founder. Now, I believe before we started recording, you said it was a three-person team. Who's uh Who's yeah. the third one then? So uh, late last year, just about a year ago now, actually, uh, we hired uh, Jason Warnix, a level designer. Mm. Uh, he worked on Division and games like that for Ubisoft, and uh, has been a great help uh, wrapping up the remainder of the level designs that we have. It's a right. large game. So uh, yeah, he's, he's the third member of the crew. Um, and he's been around for a year. Yeah, wow. You know, it's fascinating to me that looking at this game, I would be so shocked to hear that it's only three people working on it. 
it is it is very impressive what the three of you have accomplished. Uh, before we get into the game, uh, tell me a little bit about kind of Code Three Fifty One and how uh, seemingly you and your partner kind of started this. Right? Where was that moment in time where both of you were like, you know, what we've been working on, you know, projects here and here and there for other companies. What was it that made you say like, let's do this on our own? Right? Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. Uh, we were we we love playing co-op games. Uh, we love a good story game, uh, particularly if it has co-op. So we were trying to play one game that I it's one of my favorites, if if not my favorite game of all time, which is Jag Lions Two, and mm-hmm. Joan had never played it before, and I was trying to introduce her to the game, and I wanted to play in co-op. The game is moddable or has mods, right? Uh, and I went to look see if there was anything. It's a very old game, nineteen ninety nine. So I was just checking if there's there actually existed any mod to play it in co-op, and it did, but it didn't play that great. It was full of bugs, and you know yeah, it's an yeah. old game, old mods, just not supported anymore. All good, but it gave us an idea of, hey, what if we do something like you know Jag Alliance, a game in that sort of genre, but like with a good story, and you know mm-hmm. we 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 pitched that idea in Steam Greenlight, which back then was the way you got games on steam like people would have to vote for your game yeah uh, and we put it there it was really quickly accepted and uh yeah that's since then and this was back in 2015 since wow. then we've uh you know initially we started working only in in, in part-time uh because we had uh, other things going on at the time mm-hmm. but uh since like 2018 or so we've we've been at it for full time so you know it's oh, a awesome. six-year project but you know uh a lot of that time was was part time, and again, being only two for the most part, uh, it did take its sweet time. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's getting close now. Twenty twenty two, we've announced the release date. So, oh, that's exciting! All right, I didn't even know that. Um, here's the thing: what was the point? Because I, I love asking this question because for me, it's so nerve wracking. The idea of you know you can spend all of your time doing this part time. Uh, and, and have it as like, you know, it's a passion piece. It's a side project, right? But you still have the, the comfort of working at another company or working on other pieces that help, you know, actually fund you. Right. What was that moment, um, where both of you said, you know what, this is something that we can actually make a profit off of and, and be successful with. I think it was the, the the green light, honestly. Just seeing the amount of feedback so quickly and so, uh, you know, the project was just so well received. We thought, okay, there's there's more people that actually like this type of games, and uh, and this could be a really good project. Uh, you know, it it back in 2015. So the the game has this sort of cyberpunkish look. It's mm-hmm. it's more dystopian than cyberpunk, but. Uh, and you know that wasn't really very common back then, 2015. But <laughs> you know, you know how the zeitgeist is, and you know yeah. now it's cyberpunk everywhere. But uh, you know, it, it it sort of gives that okay, people like this this style, like this genre, mm-hmm. like games mm-hmm. with a little bit of a story and all that. So you know, it, it seems like this could actually, you know, uh, could actually, actually generate... go somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So. Yeah, that that was really the moment, and you know, it's just been it's it's been confirmed uh, since we actually went back live in 2019. We actually launched our Steam page a few years after we actually had it on Greenlight. <laughs> but you know, 
the reception again was amazing and it's been amazing thus far and and yeah we're super excited and we're super happy that we we actually decided to you know go forward with it yeah well i'm very excited uh especially hearing your journey to now let's talk a little bit more about the game let's talk about project haven and kind of what people can expect so for those who don't know anything about this game What's your, you know, elevator pitch? What do you tell people when you want people to know what Project Haven is all about? Yeah, uh, so I kind of have two pitches for this because if you know Jack the Lions, uh, you know, you're, it's right up your alley. It's this okay. complex uh, simulation, tactical simulation, turn-based game, you know. So if you know that, that's that that's all you really need to know, really. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know it, <laughs> it's sort of... Um, XCOM-like game, but where you have a lot more control over your characters and the amount of tactics that you can actually uh, do in the game, right? It's 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 a lot more free, let's say, than than a game like XCOM where you just have your two turns, your shoot, move, you know, use an item here and there. It's a lot more free. You have uh, action points. You can spend those action points any way you want. Um, the map is not gridded, it's gridless, so you can do like very small moves or move to a very specific position. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot more, a, it's it's more of a tactical simulation than just a, you know, a board game, uh, you know, almost like chess, which XCOM right. kind of is, you know. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that's sort of like the long yeah. elevator pitch, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I think that does make sense. Um, I think a lot of people will find the obvious inspiration of tactics games like XCOM when they look at this. Um, but, you know, you, you mentioned it, uh, a few pieces of like getting from it being a chess game to having more of these, these different features, right? Yeah. Um, what are, what are some of the other aspects that kind of set this apart from someone who looks at this and goes, ah, it's just another XCOM, right? You know, what were some of those main elements that you wanted to, to put in this game to put your spin on the genre and even from the other games that you took inspiration from, right? Like where, where's your spin on this? So, uh, there's two points to this actually. So in, in terms of gameplay, uh, again, I think the only thing we really have in common with with XCOM it's that it's turn-based and it has weapons because mm-hmm. other than that there's very little in common it's a much more I won't say complex because that that seems like it's difficult it's not that it's difficult it's just has a lot more tools for you to use uh when ha- when choosing your strategies it's a, right. It allows a lot more emergent gameplay than something that is as fixed as XCOM. And, and I'm not bashing out XCOM or anything. It's it's a great game, and and I really like it. Uh, it's actually, I would say that the original XCOMs way back when, uh, those were a large inspiration for our game as well because those were also more had these more um, had more of these tools as well uh, than the, the the newer ones. So right. um, that's yeah. that's yeah. something that would. St- set us apart from XCOM and you know anyone that even plays five minutes of our game right into the tutorial will feel like okay this may look like XCOM but it's nothing like it and then another thing the other point is the story we have this very uh, strong and in-depth narrative behind the game that Mm -hmm. drives the campaign forward so in that sense it's more similar to a game like Shadowrun which is also a turn-based game but has a story behind it uh, or Divinity Original Sin and stuff like that games that have like a very large 
story component, a narrative component besides just the gameplay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, you know, especially the reason why people put it, I guess, next to XCOM is because, you know, this is going to be a little bit of ignorance on my side. But when I think of something like a Divinity Original Sin, which is kind of what I was thinking of when you started talking about the action points and about having yep. more, you know, versatility in how you choose to accomplish your goals. Um, it, I think it's more because when you think of this fantasy world, you think of, oh, there's going to be more of a narrative or a bigger story to it, as opposed to yep. more military, which usually seems fairly straightforward, right? Like yeah. bad guys, shoot them. Hoo hoo, we did it. Yeah, um, exactly. Whereas, whereas this seemingly has a little bit more to it. Um, I was going to talk about some more of the mechanics next, but I actually want to dive into a little bit of the story since that is, like you were saying, a big selling point of it. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Because going through your Steam page, there is, you know, this seems to be a big selling point, but yep, it seems like you're hiding a lot of it, probably yes. intentionally, right? Yes. <laughs> Can you tell yeah, us a little bit about the story, though? Absolutely. Uh, we haven't really started you know, uh, publishing much about the story. We're kind of keeping under a, a bit under wraps until we have like this more prepared presentation that we can show and, and uh, showcase all that. But right. I, I, I can tell you what we've, what we've released so far. So okay, cool. uh, Project Haven uh, takes place in a near future dystopian uh, city, uh, some sort of disaster. And this is not, not specified exactly what it was. Uh, made basically the whole planet barren and and uninhabitable, and the rest of humanity lives inside this domed city called Haven. Uh, mm. There's thirty something million people in it, and you know, much like a good dystopian story, there's people that take advantage of other people, and you know, so <laughs> you have this uh, we call the city center where the rich and powerful live. And then you have the slumburbs, which is like a mix of slums and suburbs, yeah. uh, where the rest and the vast majority of the people live. And those, you know, try and literally live day by day and, and, and do what they can to survive. So in the middle of this, you play as the role of a leader of mercenary crew that just does odd jobs uh, to basically survive. Uh, you start the game when you actually just left another mercenary crew uh, to start your own. Uh, and then you will get more into, you know, things behind the actual city and stuff that is happening. And um, yeah, that will be, uh, you know, we will tell more about the actual story <laughs> and the plot line as time goes on. Gotcha. Is this going to be something where... Um, and? Probably not, just because I, I can imagine this would be so much tougher, especially with the small team that you have. But is this going to be something where, you know, your actions inside these missions or the actions maybe outside have some emphasis on where the story goes? Or is it more of a linear? Uh, it is narrative? a linear story. Yeah, it okay. is a linear story. Uh, we want to tell this exact story. Uh, yeah. And again, it's also due to constraints with the development team being so small and all that for sure but for sure we do have a story that we want to tell uh and we want to tell it in a specific way the game does have side missions and all that uh, that you can explore uh other elements of the city or of your own mercenaries because that's another part of our games that uh the mercenaries are also handcrafted you 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 do not have you, you do not have like these random unnamed mercenaries Right. They are handcrafted mercenaries with relationships and their own personality and they have their own interactions with each other that you can hear throughout the game. 
But using with the side missions, what we wanted to do was to tell a bit more about their story, their personal mm. story, and mm. personal story of people from the city or certain aspects of the city. Uh, and then we have this plot line uh, that goes in the main story uh, or the main storyline, I suppose, um, right. that you can follow. But that's really all there is, really. There's no branching or anything like that. Gotcha, gotcha. Do you anticipate that these side missions are something that people will have to do? Like I'm thinking of because, and we'll get into this more a little bit later, there's a progression system on your characters, right? Yes. And I'm thinking of, you know, the idea of side missions being they're more about that story of the characters. Is this something that even well, though it's more tangential, it'll still be necessary to complete the other pieces because you might be underleveled or whatnot? I suppose it may again since we we have we don't really have the full game yet, but we're trying to balance it in such a way that it will not be necessary, uh, particularly if you're playing on easier uh, difficulties. Right. If you're yeah. playing on a very hard difficulty or like insane difficulty, it's probably best if you do the side missions if you're getting stuck in some place on the main storyline. Just yeah. to again, as you mentioned, like to level up a little bit and 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 get more some more resources to. Uh, to continue, but right. we're trying to balance it so that if you just want to play the main storyline, you will be able to, uh, and you can change the difficulty at any time if you feel like, okay, this is still too tough, and I don't want to do side missions or stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I was just curious. Um, one of my favorite parts about this game is the fact that you can actually aim in the game. So, like, when you end up going to shoot your weapon, rather than just having you know a percentage of like, oh, you'll hit them based on 80% because you're in this angle or whatever it is, yep. the, the game doesn't do that for you. You have to actually aim your weapon and attack someone. What was, what was the main reason for adding this element and how does it, like, how does that affect balancing for the game? Yeah, so, um, the way it actually came to be was just an experiment. I was it was right at the beginning of development. I was trying out some stuff with the aiming. I was trying to avoid having the percentage stuff, uh, mostly because of the memes about the ninety nine percent misses from XCOM, uh -huh. where the dude is like, you know, run your face and you can like shoot at his feet and you miss. It's yeah. kind of weird. Then you know we wanted to make it a bit more again, more of a simulation, and that didn't really fit with what we were trying to do. Yeah. So I tried this over the shoulder aiming, and it actually worked really good. And then we just went with it. Uh, it, it it allows you to do a few things that may be harder to do when you're in just in top down. For instance, if you want to aim at some environmental thing uh, while still trying to clip the enemy a little bit, say like there's this explosive barrel or something, and your enemy's sort of next to it, you may want to like with a shot and try and blast both at the same time, and you know, spray spray, yeah. try and get lucky that way. Uh, or do you want to try and hit two enemies that may be sort of almost lined up? Uh, so there's a few things that are sort of easier to do. Uh, the main reason, though, it just feels more immersive. And again, since our characters have these personalities, you kind of like feel closer to them when you're actually controlling them directly and, and aiming for them. Mm -hmm. um, as for the balancing, it doesn't really change too much because... At the end of the day, it's still a percentage chance to get to hit. Of course, if the dude is really close to you, you're never going to miss because the, the reticle, like the bloom of the weapon, is small enough that it, you know, it it it's always uh, like the enemy is larger than the bloom of your weapon, so right. you're never going to miss that way. But so it does change the balance a little bit, particularly in, in up close battles. Uh, but it's not really significant in terms that you, we kind of like have to 
play around it. There's a few things like, um, you know, we may have to tweak the damage of the higher damage weapons just because, you know, there's that chance of you never missing a hit if you're really close to the enemy. Um, right. The AI, though, does play a role into this where it, it tries and avoids staying at that those distances, mostly because it's it's bad for, for them because if they're really close to you, they're just going to get shot. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's 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 something that we worked around, I suppose, mm-hmm. or we worked with, uh, and we just made the game work that way. Uh, it didn't really require any a particular amount of specific balancing just because of it. It's just a different situation. Yeah, yeah, it's just yeah, a different yeah. way, you know. Oh, that makes sure. sense. Yeah. Um, so you you kind of already mentioned it that this game seemed to come into fruition based on your interest in playing games with your partner. Yep. And originally, I was going to ask, you know, like, oh, what was the main inspiration around it being uh, co op compatible? Which I feel like we already know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do still want to double down on kind of like what what does that implementation of the game uh mean in context of like when someone wants to play multiplayer because it's it's seemingly you're always going to have i i'm assuming four mercenaries yeah. or maybe that's maybe i'm off in in that assumption Definitely. um okay so it is okay so in in that uh light are you specifically just being able to balance it of like you get to i get to what does that do for the story as far as what they're seeing at any given time or does it not really matter as much is it just when you have those moments of playing with uh you know your partner or whoever it is they just get a certain character that you can dole out to them yeah exactly it's it's you all you always have four and if you're playing with two players uh two have one has two and the other has the other two you can actually uh, change it as you want so one can have three and the other can have only one or whatever gotcha. it may be uh but so it doesn't really change the balancing at all it's literally the same as you know local co-op where you just share the mouse you know it's your turn to play and right, the, right. the other guy plays so it's literally the same thing uh but it has that you know at least for us we really like sharing these experiences particularly in a game that has a story like ours i think it's 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 i always feel like it's it's a it's a shame when games don't implement co-op even sometimes where it may not seem like it, it like maybe maybe you have a main character, uh, or one for like for instance Mass Effect. It's, it's a great example. I was playing Mass Effect, and you know you always have your two companions, and I always felt felt like it was a shame that I I couldn't control one of those companions, and my partner would, con- would control Shepard, and right. you know because it, it wouldn't change anything, right? Sure, right. the main player is still Shepard. That's fine, but I I just want to be there and, and experience the story as as the other player progresses along. I think it really adds something uh, when you have people that you can play with like that, and yeah, and just share the experience of the game. I think it's it's uh, yeah. I wish more games would do it, and I love that Divinity <laughs> Original Sin did it. Uh, and we did play one and two, and we'll play Baldur's Gate, and you know oh. whatever else comes along that uh, that has co op. So yeah. Yeah, Divinity uh, Original Sin 2 was a great co-op experience. It was, for yeah. Me Absolutely. and a, a buddy of mine. Um which I granted like I love finding co-op games because I, you know, I just did an interview the other day with another developer who's working on a, a game that's very co-op centric and my biggest thing was, you know, you a lot of people seemingly want to play with others 
in this type of experience, but it feels much harder to find a curation of these games or games out there that like that work well, right. Or built well for it, because there's a lot of times where a developer will create a game, um, and then slap on a co-op mode like Mm -hmm. afterwards. And sometimes it works, but other times it's like, it just feels kind of janky. Um, so that's kind of where, where my question was around, like how the story works, which it seems like your game is, is very, um, designed in a way where it'll be easy to kind of like just drop in and drop out with exactly, multiple yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, we're trying to basically mimic the same experience you have in divinity. You know, you, you play, you just select one of the characters or the, the host selects what character you can control and off you go. You know, it's, it's as easy as that. You can leave and, and join at any time. Uh, the host owns the game much like in divinity. Uh, right. and, and that's it. I mean, it's, it's simple, but, uh, in my opinion, it's, it's it's a very effective way to implement co-op, not only for the developers because it's not really that much work because it doesn't really change the game all that much, uh, mm-hmm. particularly if you're using an engine like Unreal or Unity or whatever. Um, but I, I think it adds a lot to the player experience, being able to share that experience with others. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, let's dive back into the actual mechanics of the game sure. uh, as far as what we were talking about before with progression. So as you're, you know, going on these missions, you're able to actually level up your characters and seemingly get new weapons and armor and different, you know, things to, to make it easier for you to progress through this game. Um, let's, I kind of want to just generally talk about this, um, first around kind of character progression and what it means to, uh, expand your character, you know, like what kind of, what kind of builds or choices can I make to, to create a character that fits my needs, right? Yeah. So actually, we're going with a, uh, at least we, we we think so, but it's it's a very free um, level system. There's no classes. It's a classless game. So you okay. can, any character can be anything. They do start with some set of attributes and skills and all that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's a very minimal uh, toolkit and then you can just change it as you wish. Uh, so we have, um, as m- most of RPGs have a set of attributes, uh, constitution, strength, agility, uh, and then we have marksmanship and technical and wisdom. <laughs> so yes, I think I got them wisdom. all. Wisdom. Uh, okay. Wisdom, yes. So wisdom actually works as, um, so actually first I need to explain each one of those attributes as a set of skills tied to it. So for instance, okay. strength as melee, uh, marksmanship as like, snipers or shotguns or uh, small arms and stuff like that and gotcha. wisdom has stuff like uh perception uh stuff like um uh combat experience where basically you you are experienced in, in combat in such a way that you are not phased by stuff that may be happening basically it limits the amount of uh suppressions that 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 you get uh which is another another mechanic in our game okay. um you know so we have about, I don't know the exact number right now, actually, but I think it's around 18, if I remember correctly, uh, of these skills that are tied to the attributes. And from that, each one of those has 10 different skills. Some of them are passive, some of them are, are active. And you can just pick and choose, basically. Uh, and yeah, you can build a super fast, uh, almost ninja-like character that just goes milling everyone super fast. <laughs> or you can have like a tank with a ton of health and like a shotgun or something, or 
uh, a sniper that's really good with gadgets, uh, with our technical skill, um, or you know, uh, you know, pretty much anything you can imagine within those skills, you can you can pick a character and do it and 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 build it in in such a way. Uh, it all ties with our gameplay uh, systems, though, which you know we have stealth um, that allows you to just sneak behind an enemy and take him down. That's where the ninja kind of like character comes in. Mm-hmm. And I call him ninja, but it's, it's 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 not a class called ninja or anything. It's just like this example, <laughs> example right, right. class that you can create. Um, but having that stealth and having that those all those mechanics that we have in the game, it allows you to basically mold your character to fit those mechanics in a way that suits you and that you like to play. You know, you like to play more far away and and have more long range characters that's all good or you like to go sneaky and and go in or up close and personal with shotguns and smgs and all that uh yeah it's uh we try and just allow the player to play as he wants really what about you what's your favorite class or type of builds not class i like i like a good sniper but i also like a, a a good guy with a shotgun up front. So that's usually what I run with. I like run with a, a sniper and a shotgun. I usually split my team in two. So two go one side, two go on the other side. It's a horrible strategy normally, but you know, I just, it's, it's how I want to play. So that's, that's, you know, yeah. <laughs> whatever works. Uh, and so I usually just go, you know, guns blazing, just like sniping everyone from afar. Uh, but it's funny though, I, I say this, but every time I play, I always start stealth, like sneaking as much as I can up until the point where, you know, stuff hits the wall and I just can't keep stealthing anymore. And everyone is on in, in my face and I have to shotgun my way out of the situations. So yeah. it, it, it's, we didn't really set out to build a stealth game and it's not a stealth game by any means. Uh, but it does have the component and, and like, for instance, again XCOM where as soon as one of your mercenaries or your, your yeah mercenaries I suppose uh, is seen all the whole team is seen and your stealth is broken and that, that's it for the rest of the game unless you have like this skill with the sniper if I remember correctly where it, they could go back in stealth but anyway in our game only the character that is seen the AI only knows about the characters they've seen and that they oh, so see. they all go for that one yeah, they all go for that one. So you can uh-huh. kind of use that as traps. Like, you know, you kind of like peek around the corner with one guy. It's like, Ooh-hoo, hello, I'm here. And you kind of like flank around with the other dudes and you just like, you know, pinch them. Uh, so tons of strategies that you can use. And our levels are also designed with this, with this, um, you know, uh, with this mentality where we allow you as much freedom as you want uh, or as we can give you, basically. Yeah. And again, that's, means that we kind of like have to think about okay if someone wants to stealth this part what what can we do here and it doesn't mean that the whole game will be able you'll be able to stealth the whole game you won't but we use stealth as a tool so it's just one more tool in the in your in your uh toolkit that you can use to gather information to just okay let's back off a little bit we're a bit overwhelmed here let's back off you know, regain our stealth per se. So it's basically the enemy doesn't see you. So the only information that the enemy has is, okay, he was there and uh, I may go investigate that that particular location and just wander about a little bit, see if I can find him. Uh, right. But, you know, at any point you can just fall back and 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 try and, and regroup and, and come up with another strategy. So 
you know, again, we're we're trying to let the players explore how they like to play the game and then uh, basically be able to achieve that uh, instead of the game, you know, dictating exactly how they must play to be able to beat certain levels or certain parts of a level. Right, right. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, how long would you say one of these levels is, right? Uh, it highly depends on how we, you play. So we have, we do have a variation in terms of sizes of, of levels. So for instance, some levels are fairly short, maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes for a regular player, but we have levels that are fairly long and it will definitely take more than an hour to beat. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our play tests with a lot of players, we've had people take in the same level anywhere between 15 minutes to three hours. So, wow. uh, wow. and we've actually, we, it's not just, I'm not talking only about telemetry here. We actually watched them play the game for three hours and <laughs> it was a valid strategy. They just thought about every minute thing and they were having fun with it. That's how they like to play. Right. And they yeah. just like analyze every single thing, thing. If like, if I go here, do I have someone to cover me and all that? And you know, they, they <laughs> absolutely love playing that way. Other people just, okay, I'll just pick the corner. If there's anyone, I'll just shoot and, you know. That'll be it. That'll be it. And if, yeah, it, yeah. if it works, it works. If it doesn't, I'll just figure out something else. So, again, it the we expect the, the average playthrough of the whole game to take anywhere between 40 to 80 hours for an average player. Oh, wow. Okay. So, it's yeah. a fairly long game. We have forty-five yeah. missions, for, over 45 missions. We don't have the exact final number yet. We may add one or two here. But... Uh, anywhere between 40 and 80 for an average player. Uh, this depends on how many side missions they do and all that. But hmm. I'm sure some players will go over the 200 line. Uh, you know, By the way, we've yeah. seen it. It's definitely over the 200 line. <laughs> uh, it's going to be pretty hard to beat the game bef- under 40 uh, on your first playthrough at least because right. it's just a long game. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. Well, I guess, you know, you work on something for six years and uh, that <laughs> will happen. something for it. You might... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like our uh, <laughs> our sentences there were vastly different in uh, <laughs> attitude. But yeah, um, that is uh, amazing. What a lengthy game. I did not expect that at all. But hey, if people are into it, like there's going to be tons of content for them, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about development in general. I want to kind of wrap this up, but I wanted to, you know, you mentioned 2022 release yep. on Steam here. Uh, are, are we confident on that? How's development? You know, I'm not going to ask for a specific date, but like, <laughs> how's, how are the, uh, the, the, the levels among, you know, the, the three yeah. members here of the team? Is everyone freaking out? Are we feeling okay? What's no, going on? We're feeling on? good. We're feeling we're good. Feeling good. Uh, All right. Yeah, that's great. We're definitely feeling good. We have, uh, about what at least more than two thirds of the of the levels actually finished. Uh, like in the rest is in gray box at least. So mm-hmm. uh, we have the basically the whole game laid out and and uh, mostly tested. A couple of levels are still pending, like some testing and figuring out certain things. But it's looking really good. Uh, we're churning content at a really good rate. Um, you know, it's just a matter of like finalizing things now, and we're. We're not finalizing a few of the mechanics that were uh, pending, but yeah, definitely confident in the 2022. Uh, we don't have an exact release date yet because we're going to do some, and something that we've actually been doing quite a lot of is playtesting with the community. Mm. Uh, every mm. few months we have like a demo for the community to play and give us the feedback. 
and we'll do those uh, up until we release really and you know it'll depend on the feedback of the community if they think like okay maybe this you know this needs change or this needs balancing or this level may be too hard or whatever maybe you right. know we're giving ourselves the freedom to uh you know push push it back a couple of months if we need to yeah and uh you know just we don't have anyone to answer to we don't have a publisher or anything so um yeah we're we're confident in 2022 but uh yeah we'll see but (laughs) (laughs) very exciting i wanted to wrap this up with one final question which we ask all of uh the members who come on to the show which is basically just some advice um i love hearing advice from those who are in the indie space especially you who you've been working on this game for for six years now you're so close to the finish line right what's some advice for those listening that maybe you wish you would have heard uh earlier on before this project started uh start smaller <laughs> that would be a good one i suppose uh no actually we're building the game we set out to build so it's, it's a bit different for us but particularly for people that are starting i would say do start small do like a small project you know meet people join game jams i think those are are are, are amazing amazing ways to start out in game development um you know these days there's game jams every week basically and just join the meet people, uh, meet a group of friends that you like to do games with, and then you know, do a small game, publish it on Steam, get through that whole process because it's a, it's a right up until release and even after release, you still be learning stuff. If it's mm-hmm. your, this is your first game that you're publishing, and you know, just do that, get that out of the way, learn as much as you can, and then do a second project, and it'll turn out better than the first, and then just keep going that way, really. Um, but yeah. yeah, do start small, please. Don't don't go for anything crazy because <sighs> then you'll never finish it. Uh, and it's just you know. And I've been through there. I've been through that phase as well. You know, with uh, in in my own career where I tried to build something that was just not feasible to do in in the time that we had. But you know, now with more experience, and we set out to build exactly what we wanted. And, you and know, here we are. Here we are. Exactly. <laughs> That is awesome. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, For those listening, Project Haven is currently in development. So if any of it sounded interesting, which I'm sure there's some people out there who uh, it's definitely their jam, go check out their Steam page, go wishlist the game, make sure that, you know, when it comes out, you'll be able to be the first ones that get it. Uh, Once again, Sergio, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Thank you for having me.